Hey, hey, everyone. You know that music. You've heard it 134 times before. That's right, my friends. This is What the Dice. This is an actual play podcast, but you already know that. But you don't know that we are officially halfway through. Yes, yes, halfway through. That's nuts. And of course, we are out trying to defeat that massive algorithm monster from Spotify. So definitely give us a quick star rating. And that's it. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to let you get on with this week's episode. Enjoy, my friends. This is What the Dice. I'm Dan the GM, and you are awesome. The inn we're staying at is quiet. Not many travelers this season. As we look out, we see that it is a complete whiteout. We take a deep breath and sigh. It seems as if this night we will not continue our tale with the storyteller. We take a deep breath, and as we do, we start to turn, and things change. The warmth of the fire, the smell of the ocean, and the whispering of wind through cracks in the handmade log cabin. And then we hear crunching and walking outside. The storyteller has his hand on the glass. And the snow outside is coming down sideways. The wind is loud and we can still hear some kind of footprints before they fade away. The storyteller looks at us and gives us a knowing smile. Ah, me friends, me friends, sit, sit. Sorry that uh, you were not able to get here as normally. I, I do believe that a tale worth telling should be told. But uh, we have visitors and we have asked nature itself to keep them busy. Well, 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 ah, yes, the adventurers still down in the veranda, deep underwater, dealing with this strange, addicted man named Lucas, Lucas Green. Well, with a well-placed shot, Kalila has earned this man's trust, assassinating a would-be assassin, and dealing a blow to one named Psycho. Well, now they're able to go up to the next level and deal with a miss Emma Stone. Well, let's see how they deal with this one, shall we? Sit back, relax, and hear me tale. In the last episode, you guys got to deal with Lucas directly and helped him get the last generator up and running. With a skillful shot, Kalila protected Lucas from a would-be assassin from what Lucas is calling the psycho that sent towards him. Once everything was up and running and the other ferals had ran to hide, he gave you his way to get to the elevator and get up. 
also giving you some soy bars that he views as his favorite, and with a quick exchange from gator jerky from Kalila and a thousand gold pieces richer. You guys slept the night in a nice, peaceful room, knowing that the next day you'll be going up to the next floor, not knowing what exactly you will be encountering. All that you know is an orc named Emma will be meeting you. We come to the morning and it is quiet on the floor. You get the normal greeting of Good morning. It is 8 a.m. The buffet breakfast is now open. Echoing through the hallways. What would you guys like to do? Get up and head to the Uppy Downy Tube. As Kalila has so affectionately dubbed it. So everyone going to the Uppy Downy Tube? Yes. Checking to make sure there's no, like, you know, enforcer right outside our doorstep first, of course. Nope, you guys are 100% in the clear. Excellent. Let's go do the thing. Faye is curious about the confetti cake, and we'll take a nibble of that. It was. It's super saccharine sweet, but it tastes like a sugar cake. But it doesn't have the texture of a sugar cake. It has the texture of hard grains and oats uh, compressed into a very small, compact bar. It is very filling, surprisingly so, but it definitely has a weird aftertaste that you're not entirely sure how to place. Well, I haven't had a mouthful like that in years. I think I'll stick to my jerky, thanks. Wise. Making your way to the elevator, it is very uneventful. Those addicted that you do see keep more than enough distance. And eventually, you arrive at the tube. You swipe the key card, and there is a beep. And eventually, the doors open back up. After a short ride up this last tube, you arrive on the second floor. On the second floor, things are entirely different. As you step off the elevator, there's no one there to greet you. But the walls are painted dark greens and browns in a camo design that we would know as camo design. You can hear the sounds of exercise and trained gunfire and you hear the sounds of a well you all would recognize it as military training there's a sign hanging on the wall that says visitors uh, please head to the north to be greeted you don't think that sign's still effective well probably so there's three doors that we see around us right mm-hmm and to the north, we heard what again? 
you hear the sounds of military training, uh, push-ups, exercises, stuff like that. And then to the south? You don't hear anything. It's quiet. Can I sneak around to the south? Yeah. Roll your sneak. While she sneaks, Kalila has her ear to the northern doors to see if she can hear a female orc? Or if she hears, like, normal noise, general populist, like, male, female voices, whatevs. Okay. 28. With a 28, you sneak your way down, and at the end of the hallway, there's a big red door that says, do not open. It has been welded and bolted, and there's crap stacked in front of it. Like, it is to make sure that no one goes through that door. All right, message received. Kalila, as you keep your ear to the north, you hear, you know, different voices, like, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. And then you hear a booming voice of the, you called that a shot? Get down and fire again. All right, according to the loud, angry woman voice, I think Emma's on the other side of this door. Should we just knock? There's no doors. When when they say doors, it's more of like a hallway. Oh, I, I was imagining actual doors, like you can hit a button and it's like Star Trek. No, these doors look like they've, that there used to be doors there, but there's just black marks where there was doors. She shot them off. Okay. Um, she knows they're coming. She's still going to get a stick, put a white piece of fabric, like a bandage on it, and like hang it out the door and wave it. I don't think that's necessary. <laughs> She's playing cautious, all right? We're surrendering. Right. I don't. I don't remember agreeing to this. We're not surrendering. I just want to make sure we don't get shot. Oh, well, yeah, that's probably a good idea. You know, pop around the corner. You don't expect them. Kabooms. I just, if they're going to shoot, they can shoot the white flag. As you do this, there is a stunned silence. Like the whole room goes quiet. And then you hear the heavy laughter of... Kalila's probably heard a female orc laughing. So yeah. has everyone. And, and this is that definite, deep, like, whatever you did has struck someone's funny bone. That's a good way to start off with somebody. She'll take it. And slowly peek her black cat face around the corner. As you peek around the corner, this is, this looks like a military training there's dummies set up there are infected but they are actually smarter looking than you'd think some of them are holding pistols and rifles others are trying to use swords and daggers badly but they're trying and near where you walked out is a six foot eight female orc dressed in black boots black and gray military fatigue pants and a black t-shirt. Her arms are glistening silver, but there is just this weird stone look to them. She looks down and she's like, thought you'd be bigger. You're about as big as I imagined an orc to be, so. She nods and she's like, so, uh, you come in peace, right? <laughs> 
I'm not here to fight you. Yes, we come in peace rather than pieces, please. Oh, there's... I thought he said there'd be more, y'all. Come on in. You guys, get back to work as the addicted begin to work out again. Hey, Kalila. Hmm? I think Agarok the Ragarok was taller. Was Argoroth taller? I think so. I'm not going to insult this, this this wonderful lady by saying something like that. He might have been taller, but I bet she's prettier. She wins. She's prettier, at least. Defibulous, give me a perception check. 33. Hey, do you remember that strange machine gun you got to shoot at the Institute? Yes. Yeah, there's like 10 of them. His well eyes as, will light up at that. As well as that strange shotgun that Faye would recognize the sound of. Oh no, not that. There are, these addicted are using very modern looking weapons. They are all dressed in varying forms of black and dark grays. And this is, the way it's set up is definitely a military training. Where are the rifles at in regards to the room? They are to the north. As you look around, you see pistols and swords and rifles that you don't recognize and pistols that are fast shooting, but you also don't recognize. Then you also see the shotguns and a strange tube-like weapon that when they pull the trigger, there's a hollow sound followed by the tink of metal, then an explosion. The Phibius is, without thinking, going ex and looking at those rifles to see how their condition are and, and drill on them. All these weapons that are currently being used, they look like they are in near mint to brand new condition, and they are well taken care of. Emma stands in, near the entrance with Kalila and Fade, letting Defibulous walk around as he sees fit. Emma looks back at Kalila. So, uh, you all not from around here from what uh, Lucas was saying. No, and we're not from this golden city you talk about either. <laughs> she laughs. She goes, I know everyone that serves in the military from the golden city. I was up for captain before I got shipped here. Y'all are not. You don't have the right look. I'm glad well, thank you agree to this. She looks at Kalali and she goes, I've never seen... They're not Ogs. I'm an actual cat. Whatever Ogs are, I don't understand that. She taps one of her arms. She goes, Augments. Uh, some people choose to remove things that don't work just good and replace it with things of metal that work so much better. Guessing you're from, like, the countryside... Yeah, we'll go with that. I'm not. Oh, well, where are you from? Uh, the rougher part of the city. What we call the holy city. You know, if we had a map, I'd be interested in knowing whether the holy city became the golden city. Yeah, we have a nice, wonderful theory that you guys all think we're insane about, Indy. You're in our 2,000-year past. She looks down at you and just gives that deep laugh again. She goes, Kitten, now, don't get me wrong. 
you came down here on your own accord knowing that this place is on lockdown y'all are crazy actually like, it was not on our own accord it was against our will we just want to get out well i do not fault you on that we're trying to get out but that drekken psychos locked down the place and we can't get the main computer running and half the good soldiers i had are dead or gone so i'm trying to train these junkies to be a halfway decent military well this country kitten and her friends are pretty good at helping we helped what's his name lucas downstairs get the main power back on i guess we maybe we can help you with this psycho guy she just raises an eyebrow and she goes well i do know he's planning on attacking down here with his with a pretty decent force we're pretty good at helping hold lines we've done it before well by what i've been catching on his comms he's talking about bringing everything down here now i have made a deal with do you all know what the harvesters are they're those little things with the long tube things that the big guys protect right the enforcers and the scouts protect the harvesters yeah now there's one harvester that had its radio repaired it's shortwave um so you have to be i think within 20 feet of it 30 feet of it for it to catch onto your comm links isn't that within the uh, big guys like protective radius yeah well i had one stare at me and didn't attack me but i was also like 50 feet above him yeah for the most part they seem smart enough or at least they kept their faculties enough to understand if you're threatening or not the problem is she signals to how she looks i'm not exactly what you call peace looking everybody likes a cat yeah and uh she looks over at defibulus who is currently drooling over a rifle besides the really old piece of junk firearm on his back he doesn't look like he's that much of a threat he's gonna take insult to that that's the latest and greatest rifle that he has purchased hey wait a minute who said i'm not a threat no one to fabulous Kalala's just very quietly pointing at him <laughs> i've intimidated the sun by all i'll have you know well, we're not we're not getting into that right now Emma just kind of smirks and she goes, well, short man, you think you can intimidate me? You can try. I can definitely try. Is C4 out of the question, though? She goes, yes, C4 is out of the Are you trying to drown us? We are not wanting to end up like level two. Well, I, I would mean, say it... that's a successful intimidation. You backed down. You said no. I mean, if you want to die in a cold, icy death, you can pull out your C4. You know I'm on her side. I wasn't saying I was going to use it. I asked a simple question. And I gave you a simple answer. And it did have, and it did have the, the effect that you did say no. But I could try to intimidate you otherwise. She just laughed. She's like, I like the spunk on him. Reminds me of my brother. Except you're not dwarven. Just a gnome. What's a gnome? We're like dwarves, but a lot cooler. A little smaller, not as drunk, a little weaker physically, but they make up for it with understanding technology. 
Okay, I can respect that. At least compared to our dwarves. I don't know if your dwarves and our dwarves are the same, but they're a little bit bigger than him, more burly, bearded, and drink a lot. Yeah, it sounds about right. If you ever find yourself in the Golden City, there's this great little bar owned by T. McGee. She's got some of the best bartenders. One guy is named Firecracker. He makes the best vodka tonics you'll ever have. Put some hair on your chest or on your head or anywhere else you need hair. I think I've seen it pop out of people's cybernetics. That's besides the point. Well, it's just going to pet anywhere that her fur is out of her armor like I got plenty. So here's the problem. I don't look peaceful enough to get within calm range. And a lot of the injectables are not working on me anymore. I have built up a pretty heavy tolerance to, to, to stone skin. It takes almost twice the amount as it normally would. Now, most of the addicted here are addicted to flame and electricity. A couple of them are, are medics. But uh, there's this problem. I can't get close enough to this harvester to communicate, which means one of y'all have to. Well, I'm fast and agile, so if I need to, I can dodge the big tank dudes. Dodging them ain't hard. It's them scouts you gotta watch for. Yeah, I've been watching them. They're pretty fast. Are those the ones that run up the walls and have that weird thing that shoots up and, like, pulls them up? Yes, those are the yeah. scouts. I want one of those things. We want to get the, the feet rolly things and put them on him. He can't run very fast. Well, not that I can't run very fast, but I would like that thing that you shoot up and, like, pull themselves everywhere. That's pretty cool. A grappler? I mean, I do have a grappling hook, but you have to, like, launch it with a bow. She goes, give me a, give me a sec. She walks off, walks into what looks like a locker, opens it up, rummages through, and just literally chucks the hand or the arm plate, so from elbow down to hand, of a scout in front of y'all. Yeah. Here's one of the scout armors. The grappling Ugh. gun's broken, but uh, you're more than welcome to try to fix it. Now, this is like alpha wear level, or this is like a alpha build. It's a uh, old, it's made out of like, I think we used just scrap metal to make it. This is before the scientists were able to, to make the newer versions. So uh, this didn't come off of one of them. This was actually what was supposed to be assigned to me. I didn't like it. Trust me, he will take it. All yours. Because all right, so you need to get close to one of these little harvester guys to communicate with it, to try and get the enforcers to back down to join us to fight Psycho. Yeah, but the harvesters also are supposed to talk about getting me the pure chems. The stuff you need to not suffer withdrawals. Right. Now, one of the things that's been going on that's different than what happened down on the lower level where you guys just came from, there is no night and day cycle here. I All right. I broke that direct the first chance I took over this floor. 
So it's just daytime all the time? Yeah. Uh, granted, we do have some wandering ferals, but uh, for the most part, I've kept them on a short leash. What about the rat pine things? That's lunch half the week. All right. Do they taste good? No. Ah. But it's meat. Protein's good for you. Should nod in agreement. So, I can let you into the last area I spoke to or was able to get some communique from the harvesters. But, uh, I don't know if they're still there. Well, we're pretty good about randomly stumbling across them, so if they're not in that area, but it's just, you said there's one in particular, how can we identify that harvester from a different one? She walks over, picks up a data pad. You guys now know what data pads are. I hand it to him. I'm not that great at those things. She goes, well, this is my personal one. You're not having it. I'm just okay. going to show you. Okay. She Darn flips it. through and you can see that <laughs> she's got pictures from all sorts of security cameras. And then she stops and she goes, right here. She points at a harvester whose armor is black with the visor red and there's a few accentings of red. Now, all the harvesters you've seen tend to wear lighter armors. This one is solid black with red markers. All right, solid black with red markers. That's an easy track. You're talking to a hunter. So, this is an old friend of mine. Uh, she's a, well, I guess is still a friend of mine. Her name, her call sign was Rose. She was one of the, the best field medics I had ever come across. Me and her came here together. Now, I don't know if she is still... I don't know what happens to the harvesters once they put that armor on. They don't let me get close. Because you're big and intimidating. Yeah. But uh, if this if this is her, I was able to get one communique out before... Well, before the power went out downstairs, which was, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. Like, legitimately two, three weeks ago. I know there's some weird... Uh, Lucas told me that you guys got some weird mm, calendar theory. I've actually been keeping a physical calendar. She walks over, and there is stacks of calendars. Probably about 40 years worth of calendars laid out. Does she even look 40? No. She goes, you don't look 40. That looks like 40 years. Yeah. The chems really slow down your body. Okay. Uh, it's, you know, I think this is the best way to explain it. She, she walks over, grabs a stool for you and for everyone and herself. She sits down. She goes, I don't know what you guys know about this facility it is called the miranda this was one of the very few junctions that the lotus community the lotus rnt facility had designed and they were trying to make a way for non-gifted people to use mojo but not mojo like the flingers uh, more like getting away from having to use welders and diving equipment. Something to be a little bit more 
free roaming. Uh, the, the, the idea was to improve humanity without... She tinks her arm. That. I don't, do you guys know anything about what happens when you get an augment? No. We've never heard of that until we stepped foot in this facility. Well, then you guys are, must be out in the middle of nowhere country. Augs are pretty common everywhere. So... Well, you're a military person. The strange little theory, you know Godspelled. I'm assuming you know Godspelled. Oh, yeah. Uh... Yeah, that crash landed, and we were in the wreckage where our dwarves had taken over and were living in the remnants of the Godspelled that went down by the Godspelled's records 2,000 years ago. You guys are in the past for us. We're in the past, I guess, for you, since our stuff's old to you. So whatever these Augs are, we don't get them. He's fascinated by them, though. I tell I like the sounds of it. Roll a perception check. Mathing. Was that well all 30... of us are... one. Yeah, thirty-one. He, even though her skin has got this grayness to it, her her skin turns white, like as if like as if you had told a kitten its first ghost story. That kind of like. Did you know people on the Godspell? She slowly nods. She goes, "It, it ain't. A, it's gone. Like it is. There were no survivors." He'll take out the data pad and hand it to her. We don't know if there were survivors of the crash. We do know that it was so long ago for us that anyone who would survive would be great, 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 great descendants by now. She watches the video for a moment and she slowly turns it off and hands it back. She goes, my, uh, my parents were assigned Godspell's maiden voyage. I'm sorry to deliver it so bluntly. It's fine. Uh, military family, you, you, you get used to the blunt like this. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, she's she not. Well, yeah, all the more reason to, to get this dealt with here. I will uh, I'll mourn the dead when I have time. Time is not what I got. But this facility was designed by Lotus Lotus R&D to help improve humanity and get away from well, get get away from augments and the requirement of it because whenever you rip off a piece of it takes a piece of your humanity your essence with you and the idea is being able to help us evolve to the next step without sacrificing what we are the problem is someone tampered with some stuff couple people think it was some runners that came through some people think that the scientists did it now i know a lot of them scientists and some of them you can't turn your back on others you know they're not gonna test on you if you don't say you want it like they're pretty good about it and this wasn't just a research facility this was a a city underwater uh you've been on lucas's level that was the entertainment district. This was 
where we were going to set up more housing. And the floor above was security. But something went wrong. And the mainframe went nuts. As she's talking, you can hear what sounds like hammering or, or crashing. She stops for a moment. Her eyes go vacant. And she goes, he's at it again. Yeah, that door will hold. You sure? We can go help deal with it. We can talk later. She nods. She goes, yeah, the, the automated turrets still have. She goes vacant. Got about a thousand rounds in them. And that, that usually drives them off. They'll go about hundred rounds and he'll run off. He hasn't figured out how to bypass that security. It's, it's not hardwired. I've, I've rigged it up myself. But uh, the scientists had the mainframe go down. And all of a sudden, when things booted back up, the stuff changed. Now, I'd used stone skin before, and it didn't... I don't want to say hurt. It felt good originally. And now, it, then it started to hurt. And then it actually started to become a little bit more permanent. And then I noticed... The more I took it, the healthier I was getting. That's not what stone skin was supposed to do. Stone skin is temporary. Now, she moves a piece of cloth and you can see her skin looks like legitimate slate stone. Dense, dark slate stone. They changed the recipe and it wasn't our scientists. We think Psycho was sent down here, snuck on board, with the runners and did something, changed something in the, the chemicals and be, made it so addicting, it drove people nuts. And then there was a massive explosion and floor two flooded. Floor three flooded to the point of civilians died. No one had a chance to get away. We were able to seal off the floor completely, but that means the only people that were able to get away were this floor and the floor below. I chose to stay to help where I could. Lucas chose to stay because he lost a bet. But... He didn't include that part in the story. Lucas isn't proud when he loses a bet, and this one was a doozy. He lost it to another... I don't know the guy's name. He was some hoardy-torty uh, orc. Works for some tailor company. But, so we're stuck down here, and the only way to survive is to eat the rations we had and then use the, use the chems originally sparingly. And then it became less sparing because food became less, and the more we used the chems, the less we hungered. And it just became worse and worse and then it got better it got to the point where I can inject myself with stone skin yeah it takes me double the dose but I have no problems but now if I inject myself with something like the lightning it hurts so I don't I have stuck to one now I think knowing Luke as he tries his luck on everything he has probably found his perfect mix and there aren't many of us intelligent addicted here my guys are a little bit smarter but that's because I keep them on one chem 
just enough to get by. Well, that confirms that for me. There's another crash. And her eyes go vacant. She goes, he's not giving up. She looks at Defibulus. Hey, short man, how good are you of a shot? Uh, pretty damn good. All right. You guys want to help? It looks like we're going to be throwing you into the fire. Come with me. Got it. You have a thing for attracting fire, I've noticed. Yeah, we're good at it. Defibulus. She takes you up a set of metal stairs and up to a balcony where you find a strange mounted firearm with massive drums of ammo. Ooh, a drum system. Why didn't I think of that for my rifle? Okay, so what Emma shows you up in this strange turret house is this uh, quad mount machine gun. Uh, we modern or the uh, the most equivalent is the M45 quad mount. Um, it's from World War II. It's the one I was thinking of. The large daka dakas. Okay, so yeah, anti aircraft rifle or cannon. So this thing is mounted up, and there is a joystick with a trigger on it. In front, there's a screen with a red reticle on it. And she points towards two massive doors. Uh, You'll see northeast, northwest. She goes, those are the two only entrances into this main corridor. If he's coming through, he's coming through one of them. This thing this thing can put a bullet through an enforcer and still have speed. Can I have it? No. <laughs> but since you're a good shot, or at least I hope you're a good shot, you're going to be up here. He's a good shot. Okay. Do you have any questions on how to use this little man? Uh, pull back lever, pull trigger, aim at target, fire. Joystick right, left, up, down will... Move the reticle, which will move the cannon. Trigger opens fire. It should auto-reload. You've got... She looks over at a counter. She goes, each drum looks like you get about 900 and some shot. So, you know, nine times four, you got, you know, 28,000 shots, 2,800 shots. Clive, I want one of these. Okay. I wonder if Wild Shot works in these. Let's not try that. She goes down, meets up with Kalila and Faye. The store, one of the doors to the north starts to creak open. She goes, we're going to be on that and we're going to try keeping it closed as long as we can. Uh, the system goes- should reboot and activate those turrets on the other side of the wall. She goes, all right, I'm one of your mojo flingers. Put me where I have the best range and line of sight. Right in the center, it's going to be your best place. All right, that's where I'm at. What about you? Look, she looks over at Faye. Well, I'm kind of up close and personal with my damage. Then you're with me. As the door, you can see someone standing on top of the door. It looks like they have 
kind of reach through a small segment of it. And he is standing there. He is short, about the height of Kalila. He is, stand he is dressed in a black suit, a strange machine gun in his hand. And even from a distance, you see this dark smile as he chucks a helmet onto the ground and it lands in a pool of blood. The helmet is black with a red accent. And that is where we end this week's episode. Oh, snap. I just put two and two together. Well, 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 me friends. It seems as if the strange man known as Psycho has decided to make an appearance with a strange weapon in hand and something hammering down these massive metal doors. It seems as if a fight is about to break out. And with Defibulus, on a strange new firearm and Kalila and Faye standing next to this orc named Emma Stone. Let us hope that whatever is behind those metal doors can be easily defeated by the team. Well, the moon is high and it is time for us to say farewell. As always, me friends, may the dice gods bless your every roll. We turn to look away from the storyteller to turn our attention outside. The snow is coming down hard, and we look back, and the room is empty. We look around again, and we're in our inn. We turn and we look out our window. The snow has stopped falling and we can see the storyteller's campsite. And in the window, a lantern is lit. We here at What the Dice would like to thank Paizo for creating Pathfinder, Epidemic Sound for our music, as well as Sirenscape for our sound effects. If you would like to reach out to us, you can do so on Facebook at What the Dice Pod. Twitter at WhatTheDicePod, and of course email WhatTheDicePod at gmail.com. And if you liked our little adventure, please share us with your friends and rate and review us.